The following schools are closed today. Shelbyville, Ogdenville, Ogdenville Tech, and Springfield Elementary <gasps> by Dear Watson Detective School. No. And lastly, Springfield Elementary School Yay! is open. No. And it's open season on savings at Springfield Menswear, which is closed. It's an all-timer. I forgot about that one. You are listening to the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Halford & Bruff in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour three of the program. Ian Furness is going to join us just a moment here for some Seattle sports talk. Uh, hour three of this program is brought to you by Campbell & Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell & Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech Canada's favorite orthotics provider, powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sore feet, what are you waiting for? Kintech! I'm excited to announce that. I'm also excited to announce, I, I waited until 8 o'clock. Because mm-hmm. I figured any young elementary school students that are wondering if there's going to be a snow day or not, might not have heard yet, might be listening to the Halford and Bruff show. I can confirm that uh, the majority of schools in Metro Vancouver we're not going today. It's a snow day, kids. All public schools in Vancouver, Surrey, Burnaby, North Vancouver, West Vancouver, Abbotsford, Chilliwack, Coquitlam, Delta, Langley, Maple Ridge, New Westminster, Mission, and Richmond will be closed for the is, day. Is there any greater day for a kid than a snow day? You know I what? hope that you know I, got to, we I got to bring that so to much. kid today. Our kids had a pro D day, so they wasted a pro D day. Ooh. That one hurts. Wow, that, that hurts. stings. That it's one hurts. Yeah. It's a kick in the teeth. Yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, for all the other kids, <laughs> congrats. I really hope. All right, old man, bruv. Get that phone off. Siri's been going off a lot. What is, so did someone say a Siri-ish thing? I don't think so. Oh, okay. It was just a public service address. All the children out there, no, enjoy no, no, your said, snow you know, you know when you say Siri. Don't do that. Yeah, I know. Don't trigger it again. Okay. If you know the trigger, don't right. trigger it we again. We are professional broadcasters. Yeah. Let's go to the phone lines now. Ian Furness joins us on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Good morning, Ian. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you guys? Good. As a radio professional, I'm sure you love that last 90 seconds of uninterrupted radio brilliance from the Halford and Bruff show. We'll just move past that. Um, let's, you know, it's funny. I didn't even know exactly where to start because there's so many things going on in Seattle right now. We were thinking uh, maybe we'll start with the crack. And then I'm like, I feel like we're burying the lead because Pete Carroll is out as Seahawks head coach. And then I'm like, and I feel like we're maybe burying the lead there because UW has had the most wild ride but really, they managed to capture the true essence of college football, right? They went to the national title game. Their coach left for Alabama, and then they poached a coach from a, a, a conference rival, and that conference doesn't even exist anymore. So let's start there. What's it been like this last week for UW? Well, I thought you guys wanted to start with our school closures down here, but uh, if, if, if not... Is Whatcom we'll County? Uh, <laughs> how, 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 how. Oh. Hey, Whatcom County, not good right now. Because like, that's that's basically just South Canada. You know, like we yeah. like Whatcom County is South White Rock, isn't it? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a speeding well. ticket once there and believe me, they don't forget. No you gotta pay your pay, pay, well, pay your speeding tickets in Whatcom County. They'll put a warrant out for right, you, well, just so you know. Yeah, truth be told truth be told, I, I've gone on is it Highway One, right? That, across Trans Canada, right? That's uh, mm-hmm. yep. your, 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 your friends, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Yeah. First of all, they're not mounted. They have fast cars. And second of all, they don't forget either. <laughs> like, but I think it's just a, a police thing. Anyway, let's uh, start with the Huskies. Yeah. What's going on there? 
Well, you know, they, yeah, in the course of like five days, actually in the course of, of six days, really, because you get to Sunday, Monday, they play the national title game. Thursday, rumors start to, well, Monday, they play the national title game. Wednesday, we find out that Nick Saban's out at Alabama. Within hours of that, Kalen DeBoer's name is mentioned. Friday, Kalen DeBoer was supposed to actually be on our radio station in studio doing an interview, kind of an end-of-the-season thing as, with a Husky flagship station. Uh, he texted our producer at 10, 10.30 at night and said, yeah, I'm not going to make it. Red flags everywhere. Uh, by Friday afternoon, he's in uh, Tuscaloosa. And by uh, Friday, you know, early evening or Saturday morning, he's being introduced as the new head coach. And by Sunday night, uh, we've got a new head coach for Washington named Jed Fish from Arizona. So, yeah, it's been uh, who was introduced yesterday. So, you know, over six or seven days, it was quite the – Quite the, the roller coaster for Husky fans. They went up and down. But, um, you know, they get the biggest name out there when they lose DeBoer. Um, but it's, you know, they lost a ton of kids in the portal. Uh, they're already losing a bunch of guys to the NFL and, and so forth. So, yeah, it's been a, a rather tumultuous few days for them, for sure. How difficult is it going to be um, to go to the Big Ten next season um, with all the transition that the program is going through? Well, it's going to be a challenge anyway. Uh, just because the conference is, is top-heavy better. You know, it's an interesting thing with, the, with college football. I mean, the Big Ten, which, you know, math, not, not their strong suit, despite how, how smart they think they are there. It's, you know, however many 18 teams, 17 teams now. But it's, they are they're really top-heavy. Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. Uh, most of the time you can throw Wisconsin in there as well. And then you add USC to the mix, UCLA, you know, who knows what they're going to be on a year-to-year basis. But Oregon's going to be a top-10 team to start the year. So Washington losing, you know, their biggest piece to their puzzle, was it was going to be a challenge anyway, even with Kalen DeBoer, who, you know, Husky fans down here, and, and I'm certainly not one, but Husky fans will try to spin this that, you know, hey, Jed, Jed Fish turned down uh, around the Arizona team that was 1-11 two years ago. They were 10-3 last year. You know, he's – He's just as good as Kalen DeBoer. Let's not get carried away here. Kalen DeBoer uh, was an unreal coach at Washington. That's why he was hired at Alabama and not Jed Fish. Let's remember that first of all. So it was going to be a tough one to do it anyway. And then you add into that, you lose Michael Penix, who was really the big reason why this team was so good the last two years and they got to the college football playoff this year. I mean, he was just a dynamic college quarterback. So it was going to be a challenge anyway. We had a long way to go before we get there with the way the transfer portal works and kids able to kind of, you know, it's almost like unlimited free agency in college football. Now they should be able to re you know, to, to, to restock the cupboard a little bit there and get their roster back in order, but they've got to find a quarterback. And if, if Noah Fafita, who is the quarterback at Arizona doesn't transfer to Washington and it doesn't look like he is. And I think initially everyone thought it was a given he was going to follow his coach. If he doesn't transfer here, they, they got some, they got some work to do to find that position. Um, how long do you think this process is going to take to hire the next Seahawks head coach? Well, it'll take at least, I mean, the earliest it could be done is, is mid next week. The, the NFL has these, these, all these rules in place in terms of, you know, who, in, or basically when you can interview people in person, uh, they can do virtual interviews starting uh, yesterday, today. Uh, even if guys, unless the guy's been fired, like a Mike Vrabel, you could you could do whatever with. But if, if you're looking at guys who are currently employed as coordinators or what have you in the in the league, or even if it's somebody like a Dan Quinn whose team just got knocked out, you have to wait until next week before you can bring them for an in-person visit in. 
which you know I think would probably be a, a deal you need to do to, to get to to hire somebody. So probably you know earliest is mid next week, but I think it might go on for a while unless they truly. I don't you know just having sat in that press conference yesterday, I don't think they really know who their number one guy is to be honest with you. So I think it might take a little bit of time. Is John Schneider now the big power guy in terms of football yes. ops? Like, is he, and he, do yeah. you do you expect him to just maintain that power? Like, he's not going to give that up too easily with his next head coach, is he? Yeah, yeah, fellas. It was an interesting dynamic yesterday. I mean, I've you know back in 2010 when you know the very first news conference that John Schneider was involved with, Pete Carroll was at his side up in the you know the main auditorium where they have the press conferences at the at the at the Seahawks headquarters. And, you know, we were talking yesterday at, at the press conference. I, I, none of us can remember uh, a time in which John Schneider did a solo press conference, at least at the Virginia Mason Athletic Center. He's done interviews, you know, like he'll do, but he doesn't even do many of those. They, they kind of keep him. John's a wild card, man. He'll tell you stuff. He'll say stuff that may, I think the organization's little, their, their PR staff is very, <laughs> they're very careful with him because you never know what John's going to say. But but as far as just an actual news conference, this is the dynamic that you're referring to. It was just him sitting up at the at the table at the podium yesterday. That's never happened. It's always been Pete by his side. He talked about it yesterday. I asked him point blank in the news conference. I said, hey, you know, what was your conversation like with Jody Allen and Burt Cold, who are kind of the de facto owners right now? And, you know, and he says, well, it's all private. But then he went into the fact that, hey, you know, Pete knew where I stood. We knew we underachieved. And the more you listen to him talk about the, quote, private conversation, the more you got the feeling that he was on board with Pete, you know, with, with the move to be made for Pete. And I think it probably came down to, hey, you know, John, we're going to get rid of Pete. Are you good with that? And if not, you're going to go, you're going to be gone, too. <laughs> so but the good news for him is that now you no longer have the head coach slash president of football operations ahead of you. It is John Schneider's show. He is the he is the guy in charge. He's the only football guy in charge now. And so he's going to hire a coach that he can work with that, that is, you know, compatible for him uh, because the partnership between him and Carol, it, first of all, it never soured. I don't want people to get that impression, but that partnership for 14 years was incredible. It just doesn't happen in the, in the NFL. Hell, it doesn't happen in any sport where you have a GM and a coach that work that long, mm-hmm. that close together uh, with that kind of success. So he's going to have to find somebody that, that is compatible in that regard. And I think that's why when you ask all on the, 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 the uh, search will take, it might take a little bit of time. Dan Quinn's the obvious choice, but boy, his last thing on his resume doesn't look too good with that <laughs> Dallas game last weekend. No, it really doesn't. Yeah, we're speaking to Ian Furness from KJR Sports Radio in Seattle here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Ian, if you had to choose the next head coach of the Seattle Seahawks, who would you choose? Oh, boy, that's a great question. Um, I, I, I always – I hate this is bad sports radio, guys, and I apologize. I, I just – I. I hesitate to be that guy because I don't know the, I, I know Dan Quinn. I, I covered Dan Quinn. Uh, I, I talked to Dan Quinn. If I see him pregame on a sideline, I, you know, we, we share a conversation quickly. I, I really like Dan Quinn. I really do. He's the only guy of these people that I've ever crossed paths with. And, you know, so many of us down here in the, in the NFL media, you know, everyone's a, a you know, a, a, an armchair offensive or defensive coordinator right we all know none of us have ever called a play in our life but we all know that so I really have a hard time saying it's this or this or this but I would tell you this I I asked I asked Schneider yesterday at the press conference I said you know are you looking for or what's the difference between an offensive head coach a defensive head coach or a special teams guy because you know there's a big talk down here about like let's get an offensive coordinator or an offensive minded head coach 
And you know what? Honestly, guys, it, it's I, I think he's leaning towards an offensive guy. And if that's the case, then Ben Johnson in Detroit might be that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they, you know, I, I think that that's what they're kind of looking at. I like Dan Quinn. I thought the second Pete Carroll was fired, that Dan Quinn they were getting ahead of the Dan Quinn sweepstakes because he's probably going to get a head coaching job. But the more I listen to Schneider, it might be a Ben Johnson that's probably going to be an offensive guy. Dave Canales, who's the offensive coordinator in Tampa, they just came off that huge you know, playoff win against Philadelphia. He was here forever and a day and, and worked in a couple of different roles, was never a play caller, never an offensive coordinator. Uh, he was a quarterback's coach and, and a wide receiver's coach for Seattle for the, under Pete Carroll. But, boy, he's done a really nice job with Baker Mayfield. And that might be your wild card pick. Like that a young guy, energetic, Pete Carroll tree, no Schneider. Um, and Schneider, here's the thing with this dude. He is not, he's got stones, man. This guy has big, big stones. He is not afraid to take, you look at the draft every year mm-hmm. and how many times, you know, have I come on with you guys or you guys are looking, you're talking to somebody else and going, okay, well, who's, who the hell did Seattle just pick? I, I don't know. No one expected that to happen. Why? Cause this guy doesn't care, man. He's, he's got the utmost confidence in himself and, and what he does. And so maybe a Dave Canales taking a big swing might be the guy. Um, so Halford and I talked all season really about the future of the Seahawks and we often threw out the question, do you think Pete will be the coach next season? And, you know, we, we, we wondered sometimes, but most of the time we assumed that yes, he would be back. So when the news broke that Pete was out, um, it was a surprise to us. Uh, I don't know if shock would be the word, but I think it was a surprise to us in the days since the announcement was made. What have you learned about the the main factors in the decision to move on from Pete Carroll that Jody Allen, who is the sister of Paul Allen, the, the owner of the team who passed away in 2018, um, but she's the de facto owner. It's owned by kind of a trust and, and Vulcan now, but she's in charge. And Burt Cole is kind of the right hand person, uh, Paul's old college roommate, and he kind of runs Vulcan Sports. Um, they're fans. And that they're fans first and foremost, and this isn't a this. I'm not making that in a derogatory way, but they this was unacceptable, uh, you know. And and Schneider opened his news conference yesterday saying we underachieved in 2023, and that's why we're sitting here today. And it's him and not Pete. And so I I think, I, you know, you say it wasn't a shock, it was a surprise. I would agree. I, I'd say whatever the word is in between surprise and shock, that's probably what it was. But then you kind of look at it, and 14 years is a long time, and I'd say they just became stagnant. And it, I, I, I think you have to applaud the organization for having, you know, to, for making this decision. And I, I never would have been someone that got on the air and said, Pete Carroll's got to go. But, you know, you're 9-8 and eight every year. You're, you're really, that's kind of where they were. They hadn't won a playoff game. Now, they've won a playoff game, and more recently than, say, Pittsburgh and Mike Tomlin which is a lot of talk right now, but, yeah. but they just hadn't won a playoff game. They hadn't got to the NFC championship game since 2014 season, you know? And so it was probably time to make a change and, and do something. Their roster guys, it, it, it's, I, I do a segment every week with a, a probably the best X's and O's guys. He works for NFL films, guy named Greg Cosell. And we talk every week and he just, he goes knee deep into the, into the film study. And as he said, I, I asked him to kind of wrap up the season last week. And, and he said, this is the hardest team he's ever evaluated in the NFL. And, and this is not just this year ever, because this is, I look at this team, there's a ton of talent and sometimes they look great. And sometimes they're just awful. And it's just hard to put, but you know what that is? That comes down to coaching. And, and I think at the end, Pete's message wasn't getting through 
to this new younger generation of players. Uh, Bobby Wagner and Jordan Brooks, you know, Tyler Lockett, Geno Smith, they heard it, but I don't think the other guys did, and that's why they made the move. You mentioned Geno at the end there. Um, if you had to handicap it or put odds or put percentages on it, what's the likelihood that he's the starting quarterback in week one next season? Mm, 50-50. Yeah. I'd say 50-50. That's, again, another cop-out boy. Am I, just, I am just a – I am just a candy ass today. I'm sorry. It's okay. If you had heard the rest of the show, you would have been like, this is appropriate. So, yeah. Yeah. I just, but you know, I, 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 the feeling we always had down here is that Gino was Pete's guy Mm -hmm. and Drew Locke or the field, (laughs) whoever else you are drafted (laughs) or whatever, that would be John Schneider's guy. And so with that, it's just kind of a, I, I just I, – I, I think that they're going to draft – listening to Schneider, you know, we're all trying to connect dots. You guys probably do the same thing when, when you're when, – you know, Alvin or, or, or Rutherford, anybody's talking, right? You're always trying to connect the dots, and you're always trying to, you know, translate what they really mean. And listening to Schneider yesterday, and I think I go back to the question we asked about the, you know, um, you know what he's looking for in a head coach, I think they're going to draft a quarterback finally. And I say finally, they drafted Russ in 2012 in the third round, uh, some guy named Alex Magoo, XFL star Alex Magoo, in the seventh round. Those are the only two quarterbacks they've ever drafted. So really, in essence, they drafted one. I think they're going to draft the quarterback. I, I think if they can, after June 1st, they can get out of Geno's contract a little easier. But there's a big part of me that thinks that it could be Drew Locke and a rookie battling it out next year. Or it could be Geno Smith mentoring a rookie that maybe you get in, say, the third round or something. But I, I, I just – I think – at some point they've got to get a quarterback for the future. I mean, Gino's in his thirties yeah, and he was okay last year, but he was, and he wasn't the reason they didn't make the playoffs, but he certainly wasn't a reason, you know, like two years, like in 2022, he was a big reason they did make the playoffs. So if that makes sense. So yeah, I, I think, I think 50, 50 at best, I think drew Locke, he'd probably make the same, you know, uh, argument. Cause you know, at times drew Locke and his limited play looked okay. And I think there's an upside there. So I'd say 50-50 there. Um, with all that's been going on in the NFL and college football, have the Kraken been able to get any attention down there? I mean, they had a nine-game oh, yeah. nine winning streak. That must have excited the fans. Yeah, I mean, they were – you know, we lucked out because the Winter Classic, luckily Washington's Sugar Bowl game that day was the late game at 545. So that was, you know, first of all, just an incredible day, guys. Like just an absolutely incredible, incredible day. Uh, at T-Mobile Park, you know, 47,000 people. The NHL, you know, I, I, I hear people bash on Bettman and, and the league and all that sometimes, and I get it. It's, it's a fun thing to do to hammer commissioners or, or leagues as a whole. We, we, we have kind of an apples-to-apples apples in a sense to look at, although regular season versus exhibition. But we had All-Star Weekend for MLB here in July, and then we had the Winter Classic. And – Yes, I'm a bigger hockey fan than I'm a baseball fan, admittedly. But I think just objectively, everyone I talked to and going, the Winter Classic was head and shoulders better than, better run than, organized atmosphere. Everything about it was better than the, than the baseball, the two, you know, home run derby in the game. Um, and that was a good kickstart for hockey as a whole. So were the playoffs last year. But, you know, we're in the States, and, and hockey season doesn't start until after football ends. Well, football's over now here. The coaching search is going on, but, you know, we're settling down. The unfortunate thing for the Kraken is right when all that stuff's ending and after the Winter Classic, they go on a six-game road trip. So it's like out of sight, out of mind, and playing these early games in New York and Pittsburgh and everything. But, um, no, you know, they still draw really well. 
Uh, I think they're, you, you kind of feel a little bit of momentum. They're hitting a little bit of a skid with all the injuries they've got, and illness, and you know the two straight losses after nine straight wins. And they're a funny team, guys. I mean, I don't know if you've looked at their at any of their numbers. It, like, I don't know how they win sometimes. I really don't. They they're the twenty seventh, uh, you know, twenty seventh in the league in goals per game. Their top two scorers are Dunn and Bjorkstrand, who are sixty eighth <laughs> and sixty ninth in the NHL scoring race. Uh, I mean, yes, Decord's been sensational. That's probably been a big part of it. Drieger was good. Last night he wasn't. He's good in Calgary. Got a shutout. Um, but they're banged up right now. They got, uh, you know, Beneers on the injured list. Uh, you know, Dunn, Beneers, and who am I missing? Berkowski. Well, that's just a given. Uh, they were all out last night. So if they're healthy, they're a four deep. They're a line that's four deep, a uh, team that's four lines deep, and they're, they're a problem. But their margin of error is really thin, really, really thin, just because they have a hard time scoring. So. Um, but yeah, people are still excited. And once they get back, they got Toronto here on Sunday after luckily they get to go see Edmonton tomorrow with their 11 game lucky ass winning streak after last night. So, um, <laughs> but they, huh? Like seriously, Toronto, it's two, nothing like yeah, you know, Toronto can't eight? Toronto's got problems. Toronto's got problems right what, now. I think is that their fifth, that's their fifth loss in the last seven games with a two goal lead. I think yeah. something like that. Right. That's not it's great. Like, well, you're, you're depending on. 65-year-old Martin Jones in net. So, I mean, I, you know, I'll, I'll do respect to the North fan great, but my gosh, like, hold a lead, guys. Do you, you like, realize yeah. that <laughs> if the Kraken sneak into the playoffs, and they could, um, we could have a Canucks Kraken first round, right? Guys, can you I imagine? tell you, oh, it's needed. It's totally Honestly, needed. Totally needed. You yeah. like, like, for our market, the biggest thing for us, like last year, we got into the playoffs down here. And I was, I kind of was concerned going in. I said, "Boy, Colorado first round, defending Stanley Cup champs, it's like a four or five game series would have just been brutal." Mm-hmm. You know, like no momentum, no excitement. It's done before you even blink. The fact that it went seven when it got to six games, I'm like, "This is fantastic!" Like we got people fired up. TV numbers were big, radio numbers were big, and then boom, they get to the second round and go seven games more. It got it going. Colorado was a little bit of a rivalry. You can feel the rivalry with Colorado. Everyone hates Kale McCarr. It's great. It's fantastic. I mean, bad hit, you know, chump play, all that. And, and so you have that rivalry. Dallas is hard to get a rivalry with because they're the Dallas Stars. If this team got into the playoffs and saw Vegas, or more specifically, and hopefully they saw Vancouver, it would be, it would be a shot in the arm for this sport and this team that would be much needed. It would be fantastic. I couldn't. It would be awesome. Absolutely uh, awesome. So hopefully that happens. Everyone down there thinks drunk Canadians are annoying at a baseball game. Wait till playoff hockey. Well, <laughs> well, you know the thing is, like Mariner fans, you look at where those Blue Jay f- fans sit. It's because Mariner season ticket holders sell their sell their seats to them. Mm-hmm. I don't think that would happen in the NHL playoffs. Like I, I think you guys, I think we'd lock you out. And plus, they they check your passport at the gate and stuff. You're not getting in. Like, like you're you're not getting in. And we're gonna, you know, probably it might be a good time to shut down the border again at that point as well. You know, like go back to 2020 and just shut down the peace arch. And you know, maybe you can sneak through the truck crossing. But we're gonna shut down the peace arch, and you guys are hooped at that point. So well, I'll tell you what, I would uh, but... I would love to find out if all this would come true. Like I would take that. For a crack in uh, Canucks first round series. Hey, Ian, thanks a lot for doing this today, man. We really appreciate it. Uh, enjoy whatever is next for the UW or for the Seahawks or for the crack. And there's a lot going on right now in Seattle. Anytime, boys. Take care. Have a good day. Uh, thanks, thank Ian. you. That's Ian Furness from KJR Sports Radio here on the Halford and Brush Show on Sportsnet 650. Yes, I just did call it the UW. 
That was my bad. I meant to say the UW Huskies, but that's okay. Uh, before we go to break, I need to tell you about JanPro, the leaders in commercial cleaning and janitorial. If your workplace demands a clean environment, contact JanPro for a free, no-obligation quote. Visit them online at janpro.ca. Coming up, what we learned from our side of the table, what we learned from the humanoids, and the giveaways for Canucks tickets and a prize pack for the big football game. It's coming all up next on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Big opinions and good bets. It's the People's Show with Bick Nazar. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now for my favorite part of the show. What did I say? Talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always dead. It's what we learn time. It's what we learn time. It's what we learn time. On the show. Eight thirty-two on a Wednesday. It's a snow day Wednesday, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Except for the majority of you who are now stuck with your wiener kids. You are listening to the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer. Today we are in hour three of the program. Uh, what we learn time, as the song suggests. Hour three of this program is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. All right. What we learns, get this, it's a laddie exclusive. Greg Ballack only, the only person that learned anything. I'm going to cede the floor to you now, laddie. Well, some of the listeners may have learned something. No, 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 of of us four. You're the only one that's going today. Ready, set, go. Well, we learned not all questions are the same. There are some good questions and some bad questions. There was a bad one asked to the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this last press conference. Okay. Just it's it's a long-winded question, but a very quick answer. Coach, you, you. Uh, looking forward towards um, Detroit. Um, the weather has been a factor in some of the playoff games, even for the most prepared teams. Uh, today it's uh, 13 in uh, Detroit, which doesn't compare to some of the temperatures we tend to to. Any special plans to acclimate the team to not only uh, endure but perform in those kind of frigid temperatures? Should you face them in Detroit? You do know we play indoors, right? And they got a dome. I don't. Um, no, nothing planned. We're, we're indoors, and we only have to be outside for 20 seconds getting off the bus, going under the thing, so we'll be okay. Ah, that's tough. Oh. That's a tough one. That's tough. Detroit has played in a dome for about 50 years. You could tell. You should have followed up. They're like, yes, but that 20 second walk will be very, very yeah. cold. And but sometimes it, treacherous. it does get chilly in there. It does yeah. get a little chilly in there. Uh, I, I've i been there. Not to that degree. Because she actually put in research. Mm-hmm. Like She knew the temperatures in Detroit. She right. had obviously written this one down. I was like, I got mm-hmm. it. The I fact it was good. such a long question. I know. <laughs> I know. There, was, there was thought put into it. Right? About halfway through, everyone's face kind of went like, oh... Oh, we know where this is. So going. in a similar vein, the dynamic that Jason and I have sometimes when we're asking questions is we won't pay attention to what the other person asked. And then we'll ask the exact same question right after. I think I did it recently in a Minnesota wild interview. We were doing with some guy and we, he asked the question about 
about Matt Boldy. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as the guy finished answering, I was like, I would like to ask you about Matt Boldy. It's very awkward. You had a classic one. It might have been during the pandemic at the old station when some guy during the interview said, okay, I don't want you to ask me about this. Don't ask me about this. I hate answering these types of questions. And then your last one was just one thing. And then you asked him about that. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to crawl under the table and do you remember? Die. Do you remember who the interview subject was? No, I don't. I do. Who was it? Doesn't matter. Oh, Doesn't come matter. on. I want to know. Huh? Well, Tell you me. can't just do that. I know you don't Jonah know. Jonah Carey. Oh, okay. Oh. Oh, right. That guy. I understand. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> never. Never has the moo cow been. <laughs> we should not have pressured you to answer that question. <laughs> okay. Uh, who else says what we learned? <laughs> That's let's move it. On. We That's already it? said this. Okay. No one's listening to one another anymore. Okay. Uh, we're going to fire out the, the submissions then. I want to actually ask issues. you about Matt Boldy, if I could. If you <laughs> yeah, don't mind. I have a Matt Boldy related query. What we learned, Humanoid Edition, brought to you by Get Fire Plan. Protect what matters most with comprehensive fire safety plans, monthly audits, and risk mitigation at $200 off. Visit them at getfireplan.com. Oh, my God. We're having a fire plan. Now, this is normally what we call an Andy job. But we're gonna we're gonna let Jason have a stab at it. Andy, oh, what? An Andy. <laughs> oh god. An Andy job. What? You guys all heard me, right? An Andy job. It's a nice show we had once. <laughs> You're uh, Andy. The old A job. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It feels quite good. <laughs> yeah. It's one of my favorites. Um <laughs> Anyway, today it's a Jason job. We got a do- job for you, me, dog. <laughs> an A job, if you will. <laughs> oh, God, stop. Please stop. Okay, so anyway, for the the winner the of the tickets for the big football game. Uh, a lot of kids listening right now, we should point out. <laughs> uh, this is unsigned, but what we learned, um, A-Dog, I don't know if you've got the winner's name, but what we learned, Ian is the one furnace that never breaks down in the cold weather. Huh? Well done. It's from Jay. Yeah. Okay. Jay says, like, normally my embarrassing dad jokes get me nowhere. They well, got you tickets today, bud. That was really good. Um, so we were talking about how some kids have already had a pro D day scheduled for today. So they were yeah. getting it off and now it's a snow day and it feels like a like a wasted pro yeah. D day, right? Like, yeah. oh, we just like we you know, we, yeah. So Tina, I wouldn't be asking if I could bank that pro D day if I was a kid. Totally. Be, well well like can the teachers go into work? Yeah. Like you're going to have to do your professional development, which is, I don't know. I've always assumed it was just like them drinking wine together. Right? Yeah, it's like gossiping like, like, about the which, children. Which honestly, like I would give it to the teachers. It's like the like, Simpsons allow that. teachers be like, yeah. yeah, it's like, it's a pro D day. Everyone bring your best bottle of wine. Uh, Tina, with the, what we learned, uh, my 13-year-old son also had a pro D day today and the injustice is real. I told him we will try to leverage his emotional battle by winning hockey tickets. Also, would love a chance to wear my Kuzmenko jersey while he is still with us. Uh, So congratulations to Tina and her 13-year-old son, who um, I guess, you know, that's karma, right? Or I don't know. That's rewarding a whining kid. 
Mm, karma sounds more optimistic. Congratulations, yeah. <laughs> more positive, if you will. Congratulations to our winners. Uh, we'll be doing the big football game prize giveaway for the remaining two days of the week. I think we have one more set of Canucks tickets as well. Uh, <laughs> this is a funny one from R12, the funky archaeologist. <laughs> He's not just any archaeologist. <laughs> He's a funky archaeologist. Breakdancing on the ruins. Uh, Sounds like a sitcom from the 80s. <laughs> the funky archaeologist. Yeah. Uh, capitalizing on the success of Indiana Jones. Yeah. What if Indiana Jones <laughs> had really a long-lost daughter? Yeah, what yeah. if Indiana Jones is really stoned all the time? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag WWL, what we learned. Sorry to non-sequitur or sequitur the segment boys. But can you confirm what day the NBA season will begin? I know. I know. <laughs> we have been remiss in our NBA coverage through the first few months of the season. It's basketball, oh, we had right? That, we had that John Morant update he's done. for the We year. have not had a single basketball guest, I don't think, on the show. This Are the Raptors going to trade Pascal? That's happening to the Pacers, right? It's gonna, it's uh, well, it's okay, happen. so Shams had the report yesterday that they were working on a trade, mm-hmm. but there was a report earlier that they were working on a trade to send uh, Pascal to Sacramento, and that fell apart. Right. So, uh, I mean, the, from the Raptors' point of view, like it's obvious that they are blowing this thing up and they're going in a different direction, right? They already traded OG and Anobi. It looks like the Pascal's good. You can't have Pascal be involved in this many trades. Yeah. And not trade him. Like, mm-hmm. you can't be like, sorry, that one fell through as well. Don't worry. You'll be here for the rest of the year. Like, you have to keep trying to trade him. So, But there's uh, been a lot going on in the NBA that we just really haven't paid attention to. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The you Canucks know have been too good. That's their fault. That's on them. But you know what else got uh, vaulted up this year was our coverage of uh, collegiate football. I don't think we've ever done this much college football on the show, and largely because of UW. Kevin and Burnby, and everyone loved it. Kevin and Burnby, what we learned. Hearing breath describing PD as a horse you are trying not to spook with contract talks. Makes me believe in the in in the kind of horse to horse insider knowledge only Bruff can offer. Maybe maybe Petey needs to see more carrots from Alvin, showing him this team is harnessed and ready to gallop into the future. That's good. A lot of horse references yep. there. Yeah, <laughs> horse to horse insider knowledge. Yeah, I was gonna say. I figured as a fellow horse, he'd be able to read it better. But well, I didn't want to spook him. <laughs> Excuse me, Petey. If anyone knows about getting spooked, it's. Jason Brough. Do you think they're going to have uh, – do you think we'll hear a report, yes or no? Okay. I think we're going to hear a report one way or the other over the next couple of weeks, whether or not PD and his agent will sit down with the Canucks because the All-Star break is coming up, and that would be the ideal time to do it. Could you right? imagine if he just doesn't sign this year, this season, just plays out the entire I think, season? I think it's very possible. Well, I think it's very possible. So do I'm going to say no, you... I don't think we'll hear a report coming out over the All-Star break. You don't think we'll hear anything? Like whether I think we'll or not... hear a bunch of questions. No, no, no. I think we're going to hear something. There will be some sort of news. Like they will either sit down and <laughs> now start we're talking. Now slippery slope. No, no, no. They will either sit down and start talking, or they will not sit down and start talking for a couple of months. So you think? It's, I don't. I doubt we get anything definitive. I really do. Okay. I think. Well, what I think d- the del- define definitive. Like, oh, we're gonna get this done or not get this done. I think it's going to be this long, drawn out song and dance because i think that's where it's designed to be mm-hmm. right they're not By at a PD's state camp it's a negotiation that's one fast do you think pd 100 knows what he wants to do maybe not that's another element of it there's a lot of um unanswered questions and a lot of trying to read the room and really honestly too much trying to read the room right we're parsing the two-sentence reply that patrick alvin gives an imac question 
online and then whatever. Like, I think that was I think that was worthwhile passing along the fact that like here's the, here's the thing if we're gonna it is go but Jason again, if that's the update then we are really talking about not having a lot of information and not having any clarity because they won't talk exactly which is why but I don't doesn't think that gonna... say something I don't know. <laughs> I haven't read the room. So, so here's the, so here's the line. iMac asked Alvin, do you believe Pedersen wants to remain a Canuck? Alvin said, I do believe that he wants to be part of a good team. He wants to be part of a winning team, and I do know that he has a good relationship with talk, and he really appreciates the change in, in the direction the team is going. Uh, there is no yes in there. Isn't that telling? That's pretty telling that the Canucks are out there like, hey, can we get something here? Can we... Can we get some sort of direction for you? Because you're just kind of like leaving us, you know. Which is why, again, I will say, when you ask the question, do we think we'll get anything over the All-Star break? I doubt it. Okay. I I think we're going to get something. I think we're going to get some some sort of report that they either will or won't sit down for meeting. And I think that will create more, uh, you know, obviously if they do sit down for a meeting, you're kind of like, okay, good. At least they're talking. Mm -hmm. But if they keep kicking the can down the road... I'm sorry, these speculative talks that you seem to hate are going to happen. So you I don't need to hate take, take some days off. I don't hate anything. I love talking about speculation. Uh, Gary, Gary Garrison. We have too many Gary, Gary Garrisons that text in. I think they're all the same person. Uh, hashtag WWO, what we learned. The son of former wrestler Bill Goldberg, Gage Goldberg, has committed to play for Deion Sanders at Colorado next year. Maybe they'll go with a prime record of five and seven. I so I saw this. I, you don't know anything about wrestling. I don't. Do you, do you remember Goldberg? Yeah, I remember Goldberg. Yeah. Do you remember his finishing move was the spear, which was basically he just tackled someone as hard as he could in the midsection and tried to knock the wind out. Right with his big bald head. Right, but he he smartly, like a football player, put his head to the side. Okay, he didn't spear them with his head because mm-hmm. he didn't have a helmet. Right. <laughs> it would be a lot harder to do. But uh, I, so I can only imagine that his son Gage Goldberg has a similar move in his arsenal. <laughs> Um, I kind of forgot about Deion Sanders until I do you remember how big of a story that was Massive. at the beginning of the year. Massive, and yeah. do you remember how irrelevant a story it was by the end of the yeah, year? Because they stunk. Yeah, they were, and it was a, they were complete non-factor. Mm-hmm. And I will be. You did notice at the end of the year, though, right after the Cowboys got blown out at home, uh, when they were talking about Mike McCarthy on the way out, there was a lot of people that were like. Now's the time to get Dion in. Were people head. talking about it that was much? out? It was out there. But I sh- think I think since Belichick, well, everyone left. It, well, it's kind of like Dion. Who? Let's get that Belichick guy in there. Do you not find it weird that like I know every head coach is a head coach and they're all created equal at the end of the day? But do you not find it weird that Bill Belichick is interviewing places? Like but he, the, yeah, no. I think what you just said that they're all created equal is completely I wrong. Know, it's I, Bill Belichick. I know that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's Bill yeah. Belichick. Like I, Bill Belichick interviews you for. Yeah, the can you job. imagine their Zoom college? Like uh, maybe tell them tell tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, now, now Bill, would you call yourself a self starter? Bill, we understand that you're in your 70s. <laughs> <laughs> could you just tell us your playoff experience yeah. if you wouldn't mind? I like the one tweet that was like, "Can you tell us of a time where you were facing great odds and came back? <laughs> <laughs> tell us a moment where you were." Able to overcome adversity. Uh, is there a time you can think of? Uh, this one is an ask us anything from Paul in Peterborough in Florida. I'm assuming that means he's from Peterborough and now he's in Florida. There's not a place called Peterborough, Florida. Who knows? I'm very confused by this. Ask us anything. How good would Nathan Rourke look in a Seahawks jersey? I will admit, Paul, I have allowed myself to go down that road. Um, I think that he needs to get some significant snaps on film next year, and I would love for it 
to be with Seattle. I don't. I mean, I don't know what the future has in store for him in New England. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but there's been some fairly significant changes in New England. Um, but based on some of the guys that played quarterback this year, there's no reason that Nathan Rourke shouldn't get snaps next season. There was no reason he shouldn't have gotten snaps this season. There were some atrocious quarterbacks that played football this year. I would like to see him. Now, Seattle, I don't know. I do not want to see. I do I not want to see. Locke. Here's what I don't want to see. But I know see. John Schneider likes Drew Locke, right? Likes him more than Gino, I think. Yeah. Here's what I don't want to see. Drew Locke. Mm. Here's what I kind of don't really need to see. Geno Smith. I've seen it. I'm intrigued by a rookie quarterback. But if it's not a first-round talent and they're drafting a guy to develop, then I'm not really all that. If they're going to draft a guy in the third yeah, round to sit. Draft him under, under and, and have Drew, La- Drew Locke mentor right. him. Or Geno. I don't know. And then, like, what's it like to play in a big game? I don't know. I'll let you know. Yeah, I'll tell you about it later. Um, Justin Fields, if he shakes loose, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm all, I'm all about that. And then everything else, like the free agent quarterback landscape is not appealing in the slightest. Kirk Cousins. I don't want to see Kirk Cousins' name again <laughs> in relation to the Seahawks. Like, I don't. I have no interest in seeing mm-hmm. that. Now, I know he was having a pretty good year statistically uh, with Minnesota before he got hurt. But he would be perfect before you know before the Colts drafted Anthony Richardson and be like, oh, Kirk Cousins going to the Colts. He had the lineage of Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz. <laughs> Who was the other guy they brought in there? They brought in a, oh Philip Matty River. Ice, didn't Philip they? Ri- no, I said Matt oh, Ryan. Oh, Philip Rivers. Oh, Philip Rivers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a very uninspiring trio of quarterbacks. Uh, basketball, Phil. Uh, what we learned: Pete Carroll's son Brennan is following Jed Fish to UW according to reports to be his offensive coordinator. And Basketball Phil said UW would be smart to get Pete Carroll involved in the program in some capacity. If he isn't coaching somewhere, he would generate so much NIL money from UW fans and alumni. It would be crazy. Yeah, I wonder if Pete would feel like a traitor, though, going to promote We UW. got weights and fish! Yeah, Jed Fish. We're going to be hearing a lot of that. Um, does, okay, with the, like, the Pac-12 dissolving, what happens to all those like long-standing? Like, don't get me wrong, UW and Washington State—that's always going to be a rivalry. Well, SC is always going to have a rivalry with. I mean, Notre Dame is not even in there. No, I know, but I'm year. saying like they'll have a rivalry with UCLA. Yeah, but would you? So USA and UW, like. Yeah, I mean, it's probably not a big deal. Anymore. It doesn't even matter anymore. They're not. Well, gonna, they're, they're in the same conference. Right. I guess. Yeah, that's a good point. But, yeah. I mean, I. It's sad that the Pac-12 is gone. By the way, I wanted to ask uh, Ian Furness about that because. That was one of the other like final straws of this mm-hmm. whole thing was it was the Pac-12 is no longer, right? Uh, what we learned, um, Daniel from Richmond, the Canucks subreddit. Oh, I had this one. Is drooling over a hypothetical trade for Crosby at the deadline. What would you give up for Crosby and how far will your jaws drop if we get him? That's Sidney Crosby, not David what, or Bing. Mason Crosby? Mason Crosby. Yeah. yeah. What are the Crosby's? <laughs> I got a kicker, finally. <laughs> Noted kicker, Mason Crosby. I haven't had a kicker for a while. Yeah. Um, I would give up uh, Kuzmenko <laughs> and a third. <laughs> Sounds Crosby. like a Canucks fan. <laughs> he drives a kinda, hard bargain. Kind of steep. I don't know. Maybe yeah. a fourth? Yeah. yeah. You definitely I, sound like Canucks subreddit. This is right how now. you do it. You and, go and, through and, your. And I, and I would, you know what? I would, I would, I think the Penguins need some toughness. I would, if you got to give sometimes. I give them Zadorov because I don't think you know what I don't know if the Canucks are going to sign Zadorov. That's just as an aside. I don't. I don't. I don't know if they will. Are we going to? Do you want to play this hypothetical? No, game? I have heard a few things though about uh, Zadorov. Okay, don't think, okay. Yeah. but do you want to play this hypothetical? Crosby you don't game? care <laughs> about, about Zadorov? Yeah. 
What, they're not going to sign him? Yeah, I don't know if they're going to sign him. Well, I don't know if they can afford him. Yeah. You got, again, the the pecking order in terms of priority. But I think goes, most people assumed when they got him, they're like, oh, he's a Milstein client. He's going to be here for a while. Well, they shouldn't have assumed that. Right. Because he wants term. Yeah. And I don't and think. probably he, big money. Well, or more money than he's making right now at the least. Because he's not making a ton. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, the priority chart goes Pedersen one, Hronik two. Yeah. And then everyone else can fall in line after that. And if you can't get the money in Vancouver, then you're going to go and get it elsewhere. Crosby has um, one year left after. He's got a no-move clause. It's not going to happen. It's I love happen. yeah. But uh, He loves in, Vancouver. In a hypothetical, he did score a big he goal. He scored a here. very big goal. Here. In, in a hypothetical I world, love him as a 2C after, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, <laughs> after yeah. the lotto line. Good old 2C Crosby. You can kill some penalties. Get out there, Sid. Yeah. Do the dirty work. Um, Have you met uh, Ilya Mikheyev? That's your new lineman. My jumping off point for this, though, was going to be when Sean Gentilly came on our show and said that Crosby was a sneaky Hart Trophy candidate, and then you poo-pooed it. And then Rob Rossi came on, went on Twitter the next day and started throwing it out there as well. If you look at his numbers, if you look at Crosby's numbers this year, relative to how the rest of the team is performing, especially in the goal-scoring department, he's having one of his best offensive seasons in about 10 years. Mm-hmm. It, he really, I think sometimes we take Crosby for granted when we go through the pantheon of great NHL players because... I don't. I love Crosby. He's just been so consistent, yeah. but he also flies under the radar because he doesn't do a lot of promotional stuff. He doesn't really, he's not out there. He's not demonstrative. He's not filming a million different commercials. But he's a good teammate. Like You never hear a bad word about Sid in the commercials. Room. Yes, I know. Yeah, he has in like every Tim Hortons commercial. <laughs> I'm just saying, if there was another athlete in another sport that was probably uh, the best for the better part of 10 to 15 years, considered one of the elites, one of the greatest players of his generation, like Sid probably, a generational talent. Sid probably doesn't like live a super flashy lifestyle where he needs a lot of money. Just a simple life. Yeah. That's He's it. actually like, can I get some free Tim, Tim Hortons with this deal? Right. I mean, but it's funny because, okay, if you want to run their careers up against one another, like Sidney Crosby and LeBron James, similar timelines, right? Similar amount of success, both individually and team success. But, I mean, LeBron is like a brand. LeBron has moved himself throughout the NBA. And Sidney Crosby has been very different. But in terms of success and, like, prowess among their peers, they're both at the top of the He also game. plays in the NHL. So if I understand That's this, a big part of it. If I understand this correctly, you guys are guaranteeing that Sidney Crosby gets traded to Vancouver. That the was deadline? the takeaway. So yeah. I'm going to read one more text. You guys and the rest of the media need to stop talking about Petey's contract. Petey made it very clear that he was not going to talk about his contract during the season. Ah, but we did not make that clear. In fact, we made it very clear that we we're going to talk a lot about this contract during the season. <laughs> Tune in tomorrow. Yeah, it's our job to <laughs> You're talk. You're going to spook him. Don't spook him. Uh, we got to get out of here for today. Congrats to all our winners. Thank you to all our listeners. Signing off, I have been Mike Alford. He's been Jason Brough. He's been A-Dog. He's been Laddie. This has been the Halford and Brough Show on Sportsnet 650.